0: There's always that one game, that one game of football, that's forever frozen in your mind. You can recall the commentary, know exactly when every movement occurs. The goals, the cards, the fouls, and the chance. Whenever you rewatch watch it, you're instantly transported back in time, as if you were there. The 19th of November 1995, a date that may not seem overly significant. It's the day that the space shuttle Atlantis docked with orbiting Russian space station Mir. And Wonderwall was of course number one in the charts. But to a generation of Celtic fans, it brings back memories of blood and thunder, creativity and chaos, and an overarching feeling of helplessness as an unforgettable game of football unfolded in front of them. A performance by Tommy Burns Celtic that showcased it at its swashbuckling best going forward and a fragile naivety at the back. Drama. Passion. Aggression. All at 100 miles an hour. I'm Chris Gallagher and this is The Game. Rangers 3 Celtic 3 19th of November, 1995. The 1995-96 season is, to Celtic fans of a certain vintage, truly the one that got away. Tommy Burns had come in the season before and steadied the ship. A ship that was perilously close to sinking. Tommy was Celtic's saviour and promised that the team would play a style of football that was befitting of the club and the support. And boy was he right. We won the Scottish Cup in May, our first trophy since 1998, and there was a shimmer of light in what was ultimately a grim season. We'd been playing at Hamden while Celtic Park was getting redeveloped. And it was finally time to go home. Before the season kicked off, Andreas Thom was brought in from Bayer Leverkusen for a record fee. He was seen as an important part of the puzzle. Celtic had struggled to score the season before. They had the lowest number of goals in the division. Andreas Thom joining the fantastic Pierre van Hooijdonk in the front line was seen as the remedy to that. Centre-back John Hughes was brought in from Falkirk to help shore up the defence, and would later be joined by exciting young full-back Jackie McNamara. They would join stalwarts of a battle-worn Celtic side, Paul McStay, Peter Grant and John Collins. They were ever-present. Tom Boyd was consistent and reliable, and Simon Donnelly a youthful, bright spark. Morton Vecourse and George Cadet would join later in the season, from Dundee and Sport and Lisbon respectively. The 95 96 season had started brightly, but Celtic's tendency to draw matches they should have won reared its ugly head early on. After two hard-fought away victories to open the campaign, a 1-0 victory at Brockville against Falkirk and a memorable 3-2 win at Pataudry, Celtic's first league match at the new Celtic Park ended in a disappointing one-each draw with Motherwell. Celtic would then go to Tynecastle and put in a fine display against Hearts in a 4-0 victory. But a disappointing defeat at Celtic Park to Rangers on the 30th of September would continue the poor home form at the start of the season. We'd also draw two-each with Hibbs on the 14th of October and 0-0 with Wraith Rovers on the 8th of November. It was the new Celtic park, but it was thrown up the same old results. Away from home, however, it looked much brighter. 19 points from a possible 21 on the road had Celtic looking strong as they headed for Ibrox. Rangers had won 10 of their opening 13 league matches, losing 1-0 to Hibs at Ibrox and drawing 2 each with Wraith Rovers and Fife, before drawing 1 each with Aberdeen at Ibrox in the match before Celtic would visit. Celtic's game before heading across the city was in Glasgow's West End as they defeated Partick Thistle 2-1 at Fir Hill. Rangers were 4 points clear at the top, Celtic needed to at least avoid defeat against Rangers to stop a bigger gap opening up. Celtic hadn't been beaten at Ibrox since January 1993, a fine recent record, but this fixture always tended to throw up new questions. The lineup Celtic lined up with Gordon Marshall in goals, with a back 4 of Tosh McKinley on the left and Jackie McNamara on the right, a baptism of fire for the young fullback. The central defensive pairing was Tom Boyd and John Hughes. In midfield, Grant McStay had Donnelline Collins on the right and left hand side. Pierre van Hoydunk was up front, with Andreas Tom linking up and playing more of a free role. It was a mix of experience, youth, with a dynamic edge. But this was Ibrooks. This was war.
1: Welcome to the match of the day. It's the 82nd meeting of the clubs in the Premier Division and it ranks with the most important of them. The atmosphere is just unbelievable. The,
0: the game started at a frantic pace Celtic took control as they often did in these games McStay and Collins in midfield bossing as usual Van Hoedonk was using his physicality and Andreas Thom was dropping into space which the Rangers players just didn't know how to pick him up then in the ninth minute it happened.
1: It's Tom Boyd who emerges with the ball. Lips it through. For Donnelly. This is Tom. There's Tom's going to try one here.
0: Watching the match was a young Barry Gallagher and Christopher Sermani.
2: When I think back to this classic match in 1995, there's two things that they really always to mind. Jeremy Knee's famous commentary for Andy Tom's goal, and weirdly, the goal that never was for Rangers. The phantom goal we'll call it. Celtic take the lead early on, and the goal itself has one of those catchphrases you'll often hear me bellow after a few beers. Andreas Tom's gonna try one here! Andreas Tom's gonna try one here! Andreas Tom's gonna try one here! Followed by, What a mighty strike and an awesome strike! What a mighty strike and awesome strike! The goal was like something I'd never seen before. So used to Gorham being the scourge of Celtic in these games, but he'd absolutely no chance. I remember in the replay you can see him screaming at his defence but God knows what for. An absolute beauty. A wonder goal.
3: Andy Tom's goal. I remember thinking it was the hardest shot I'd ever seen. I mean, I was only 12 at the time but I mean, just the pace at which it travelled. I mean, it wasn't even flush in the top corner. It was at a, it was a reasonable height but with the pace that you hit it at there was absolutely no chance. And this was a time when was a top keeper there was no way he or anybody was getting near it i mean i was never a massive andreas tom fan overall but uh, that was a special moment for him and for us going to highbrooks and scoring a goal like that
0: as celtic took the lead, they looked more comfortable than rangers rangers then made a tactical decision moving ian ferguson up front this allowed rangers to get on the ball a little bit more at this point the game was still end to end but each team would have their own consistent level of pressure for a limited amount of minutes. Then in the 21st minute, David Robertson, the hated David Robertson, equalised. Or did he?
2: Then, a bizarre incident that I still remember clearly to this day. David Robertson found himself inside the Celtic box and beat Marshall a few yards out at a weird angle. The replay seemed to last forever and I remember the score in the graphic on the telly showing that they equalised, and I'm almost certain to this day that it changed in the scoreboard at Ibrox too. It took about five minutes for STV to realise and Jerry McNee was none the wiser that the goal had been flagged for offside. Bizarre, and it's something that I can't recall before or since I've seen. Just a strange, strange incident. Alas, we were still 1-0 up.
3: The Robertson offside goal it was a bit of a farce. I mean, it was clearly onside. It's a farce when McNee never noticed it, and they had the score as one each and McNee I think had to apologise, saying he hoped it hadn't ruined people's enjoyment of the game, well it didn't ruin my enjoyment at the time when it got chopped off.
0: As the goal is scored, Jerry McNee and Charlie Nicholas discuss and break down the goal, but they don't seem to realise that instead of Celtic kicking off after there's been a goal, there's a free kick on the edge of the area. The STV television screen shows that it's one each, and they consistently talk for a number of minutes as if the goal stands and Rangers have equalised. But again, as mentioned, there's no kickoff.
1: Just over 25 minutes gone here at Ibrook Stadium Rangers 1, Celtic 1, Tom for Celtic after 19 minutes, and then David Robertson after 23. Quick like that scoreline. In fact, uh, Celtic are still leading by one goal to nil. Well, we were in the replays. An offside flag had gone up.
0: So for seven whole minutes, Scottish television had it. Rangers won. Celtic won. Even though the linesman had ruled it out for offside, and Celtic hadn't taken a kick off after the so-called goal was scored, seven minutes. Incredible. The game would swing back and forth. Celtic attacking, Rangers counter attacking. Celtic creating opportunities, Rangers counter attacking. Celtic taking the game to Rangers, Rangers counter attacking. It was the 90s after all. But then, disaster. Rangers equalise.
2: Calamitous defending, as was the order of the day for Celtic at that time, allows Rangers back into it. So the teams go into half time, one each.
0: The goal itself comes from nothing. A throw-in deep in the Celtic half, nodded on by Goff and received by Gascoigne. Celtic are set up well, but panic sets in. They lose shape. And a ball somehow, with a deflection, falls out wide and Brian Loudrop hits it in. The commentary is McNee and Charlie Nicholas creaming over Paul Gascoigne and uh, Brian Loudrop and it's not something you want to hear. Celtic should have went in 1 0 at half time, but as is with these games, uh, laps and concentration, and it's one each.
1: Celtic the lead after nine minutes with a blistering shot that gave Andy Gorham no chance and David Robertson had the ball in the net after 23 minutes, a pass from Loudrop but the goal was disallowed and then just six minutes from half time Loudrop popped up on the right hand side and as the ball broke to him he picked his spot in the far corner the half time score here at Ibrook Stadium is Rangers 1 Celtic 1
0: As the second half kicked off, the pace of the game didn't relent. It was end-to-end stuff. Celtic building and creating, getting into the final third, with Rangers counter-attacking, as Rangers always did. But then something pretty unusual happened. With five minutes of the second half gone, all of a sudden, penalty Celtic?
2: Being awarded a penalty at Ibrooks nowadays is a rarity, so you can only imagine how much of a shock it was to
4: get one in
3: the nineteen nineties. Our penalty, I'll never forget the look on Goff's face for this penalty. I I, I think it had been years since we'd get a penalty at Ibrooks and it was the most blatant foul you'll ever see. And when he climbed onto Hughes and Hughes collapsed under his weight and Goff's face he just looked astounded that he'd been given because they never usually got given.
1: As Tom who strikes it, Hughes as well, forward. claims for a penalty kick there as he was challenged and it's given. Oh, the referee appeared to hesitate. Richard Goff went with John Hughes. It certainly looked a penalty kick from here. The referee took his time about it, had a think and then
4: pointed. It's a great ball in from Tom. Richard Goff just, I think he's caught on the wrong side of John Hughes. Hughes gets in front of him and he scrambled all over the top of him and for me it's a certain penalty.
1: and
2: a chance for Celtic to regain the lead John Collins picked up the ball and I was always confident when Collins was taking penalties regardless of the surroundings or the situation he was always calm and cool just what you need in an atmosphere like that one
4: particularly good at saves John Collins
3: at the back of the net, and that's the only thing bother him. Collins, he scored, obviously, just. People are talking about Gorham, and how terrific he was in this game, but, you know, I think he should have probably have saved that. Collins had terrible hair as well in this game, which isn't like him. Uh, there was another incident as well, when we were talking about the penalty, they always claim McNamara should have given away a penalty, but the handball in the box was purely accidental, so I'm not having that one.
2: He stroked the ball into the inside netting past Corum, perfectly executed. Classic celebration with his arms outstretched, running towards our end. Absolute bedroom. Even you were in dreamland at this point. Watching it back recently, you can just see limbs, as they would call it nowadays. Ecstasy, burilation and adrenaline. And it are back in front.
0: Celtic's lead would last less than 10 minutes. A decision is made to give Rangers a free kick after Alec Cleland is seen going in for a 50-50 with John Hughes on the edge of the area and dragging his studs down John Hughes' legs. Somehow, it's a free kick for Rangers on the edge of the Celtic area. As the ball was floated into the box by Gascoigne, one thing was always sure. When Alan McCoist came onto the pitch in a derby against Celtic, Celtic for some reason would leave him unmarked in the box and sure as you know it it's two each being pegged back didn't seem to affect Celtic they continually attacked creating opportunities and dominating play and then in the 66th minute one of the most memorable moments from this era of old form derbies
1: Nice change of direction, challenge by Goff. This is Tosh McKinley, that's a great cross. What an incredible save by Andy Gorham from Van Hooyden. Marvellous save by Andy Gorham. That's why it's so important to Ranger. Tosh McKinley with a great cross, Van Hooyden reacted well, but what a save by Andy Gorham.
4: Well, it's a great build-up from Celtic. A tremendous ball in Tosh McKinley. and Hooyden hits the target at Pillar. And
2: that's one of the all-time great saves in an all for match. Gorham seemed to save his best performances against us. And he produced a, a save from a volley from Big Pierre Van Hoydonk. It was end to end at this point. Big Pierre described it as the best save he'd ever seen. Bring it in, big man.
3: Gorham's save from Van Hoydonk. Okay, this might be controversial, but I think that's one of the most overrated saves in football. It was a great save, yep. But it was right at him. It was pure instinct to stick the hand up, any side, either side, and that's a goal. I might be alone in thinking that, but I genuinely think that that saves taking on a aura that it probably shouldn't
0: have. Celtic had been in the lead throughout the game. 1-0, 2-1, but unfortunately at this point, Rangers would take the lead. It would be 3-2, and of course, it comes down to a Celtic defensive capitulation.
3: Their third perfectly shows why we never won the league in that era. Boyd's in complete control. And for absolutely no reason, he tries a crazy back heel. We have at least another two chances probably after that to clear it before Tosh bundles it into the net. It was pathetic. I think we had a a bit of a soft underbelly at times defensively. And I think this perfectly encapsulates it. I remember being absolutely raging about this. After the game as well, you know, there's a a lot of people that were Talk about how good a game it was and, you know, just being pleased to be there. I remember being really, really raging at Boyd, especially for, for how that goal came to be.
2: End-to-end end game and the ball went up the other end and Tam Boyd, dear oh dear. He tried a back heel and it came off Oleg Salenko, who then seemed to take advantage of the Celtic defence conspiring to, to do their worst. And Salenko, just a note on him, it showed the level they were operating at. This is a guy who'd scored five goals in one game at USA 94 the year before. And he seemed to take the piss out of our defence, which resulted in Tosh McKinley turning the ball into his own net. It felt like it was going to be one of those days for Celtic.
0: Celtic had kept their shape well and defended well, but this was real Keystone Cop stuff. It's outrageously bad. It's worth going and looking on YouTube because it really needs to be seen to be believed. With 20 minutes to go and 3-2 behind after being ahead so many times in this game, Celtic teams of the past potentially could have rolled over and accepted a 3-2 defeat. But this team, this Tommy Burns team, on this specific day, was different. Almost instantly Celtic hit back and equalised from Pierre van Hooydonk. An incredible ball by Tosh McKinley after a great pass from Peter Grant floated into the box, and what an incredible header.
1: Tosh McKinley's going a run on the left-hand side, but that's uh, cut out. Peter Grant, uh, to Dolek like Salenko, so the whole goes on. So, Celtic with it all to do now, Tosh McKinley gives the cross, it's Van Hoydel!
2: Inviting the ball to be headed into the back of the net, but Pierre, full credit to him, gets a header, knocks it off the post, and I still believe there's even more goals in this game yet. Yeah. Thankfully, almost straight from kickoff, we placed the trademark Tosh McKinley, pierre Van do combo, which had served us so well in those days. Pitch of a cross from Tosh, and even better from Pierre, right in the corner. And you could see how much it meant to the crowd. Pierre jumped over the advertising boards and straight into the crowd for a big hug. The broom one was bouncing.
3: Tosh scores the own goal, but immediate amends made by him. Um, he was obviously fed down the left by Peter Pointer grant and he whips in an absolutely sensational ball, as as Tosh did back then, for Van Hoydonk to steer a phenomenal header past the hapless gorem. For me, it felt like justice, because I didn't think that we deserved to be behind at the time. But what a header that was as well, I mean the delivery's perfect but he steals it um, and just, you know, that's an unsavable header.
0: That was it for the goal scoring in the game. But with 20 minutes left, it was still end to end. The pace of the match never dropped, it was frantic. Celtic building, Celtic creating, Rangers counter-attacking. It was also the debut of a certain Hugh Dallas in the old firm stage. Dallas came out of it with certain credit in the media. Though giving Celtic a penalty and denying Rangers a penalty with a supposed handball by Jackie McNamara probably put a bit of a black mark against his name in certain circles. An nasty incident between Gorham and John Hughes resulted in a couple of bookings for each player. And overall bookings were handed out like confetti throughout the match. The game would finish three each, an incredible display of football, as the support had been taken through the emotional ringer.
2: I remember watching this game at my uncle's house in Port Shields, and you could hear the crowd from his street. The game probably showed the best and worst of Celtic at that time. Outrageous attacking flair, with comical calamitous defending. Suppose you could label that at many a Celtic team over the years. But a real enjoyable game, and one that I remember fondly all these years later.
3: Afterwards, I remember feeling fine about the game. I remember being glad we'd managed to get a point, but more so just really quite annoyed at Boyd for that moment of pure stupidity. I was a big Boyd fan. I still am. i Boyd, Celtic legend, but I still, to this day, don't know why I did that. I have done so many different things, but to try a back heel at that point was just... It was just crazy. Some of the things I remember at the time as well, after the game, was Smith and Burns were obviously close pals, and they both talked about the game and how good an advert it was for Scottish football and how much they enjoyed it and and, and things like that but you know for me it was a great game but it's an opportunity lost and a era when I think that we lacked a wee bit of cutting edge when it came to some of these games but you know looking back on it it was nice to see some of the moments in it you know some of the players we had at the time because that's a side that never really got much silverware it never really got much to show for some of the football they played and there was some fantastic footballers on that side.
0: Ultimately this is a season that Celtic would come up short. Only one defeat in the league all season, to, of course Rangers, but with 11 draws they lost the league by four points. But throughout the campaign Celtic would play some swashbuckling exciting football as promised by Tommy Burns and this game was a microcosm of the entire season. On the game itself, Tommy Burns would be quoted as saying, it was a hell of a game, tremendous stuff. People will look back and say, I was at that game. After a bad week, it was good that so many positive things came out of this match. And that was Tommy Burns. Even after seeing his side throw away a lead on two separate occasions in this match, he still saw the positives. What a guy. I'm Chris Gallagher and this has been The Game, Rangers 3, Celtic 3, 19th of November, 1995.